Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Soberistas podcast. We're joined today by Bay65 and Magic, who are both members of Soberistas, and we're having a chat about stopping drinking after the age of 50. So, Bay65, real name Helen, how long have you been sober, first of all? This time, only since the 26th of March, but um, in 2018, I did four years. Oh, wow. Well yeah. done. So, so I had breaks off and on. So, yeah, no, sorry, it was 14 to 18, 2014 to 18. And then I started drinking again. And then, yeah, I stopped on the 26th of March this time. You've, you've got back on track, so well done. Yes. Yeah. Right. And Maggie, a.k.a. Magic on Soberistas, when, how long have you been sober for? Um, I've been sober now for seven months. Um which is actually working it out. It's the longest I've been sober since 1987 when, wow. when my youngest wow. son was born. So it's quite some time since I've been this, uh, in, in this kind of territory. Yeah, well, fantastic effort, both of you. Um, and let's we're discussing the, the issue of drinking after the age of 50. So Maggie, I'll ask you first of all, do you think, have you found in your experience that there are or have been issues hurdles specific to stopping drinking at this time in your life that you think perhaps you may not have encountered in your younger years um I think firstly it was um I took early retirement from work at uh, 55 uh, to become a carer of my elderly stepmom um and once I didn't have um you know you know having to get up every morning um there wasn't that kind of break on my drinking um, and also being a carer, particularly as it went on and on, became um, increasingly stressful. Um, my stepmom also had a penchant for gin, um, and she would and she would have these. She would have what she called her lalas, which were gin and martinis at five o'clock. And so I would think, oh well, I can join her, and then I can kitchen. <laughs> Um, and then I'd probably have a bottle of wine to myself afterwards when I was um, in inverted commas upstairs doing my Spanish homework or I was doing some research on the internet. Um, so it was it was sort of losing that um, lo- losing that structure actually. Um, my my drinking did actually escalate while I was being carer. Um, and then when I moved here just before locked, it was just yeah just before lockdown. Um, I thought, well, you know, it's time to sort of start again, you know, get a clean slate and, um, you know, try, try, try and moderate. Yeah. And that didn't, that, that didn't go very well because I've been trying to moderate probably for 40 years and it's never, ever gone very well. But um, I still keep, still keep trying, you know, it's this delusion really that uh, you can somehow do it. Um, the fear, I suppose it's the fear yeah. of being, being without my little helper. Um, drinking crept up quite a lot during yeah. during lockdown. Um, I think it did with quite a few people. I mean, I'm I'm on my own, so I didn't have anybody to well, anybody to police my drinking, um, which actually makes it um, well makes makes it harder not to drink in some ways. Um, yeah, so I think it's a combination. Yeah, so certainly retirement. So it was retirement um, was a big time. a big trigger, yeah. and then obviously compounded mm. by lockdown because yeah. any restrictions or sort of rituals, routines we might have had in our lives, all kind of went out the window with lockdown as well. So you sort of left 
mm. at your own free will, aren't you? For yeah, with nothing stopping you from drinking at any time in the day. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Helen? Did you have you had a similar experience retirement Quite, or kids flying the nest? Yeah, I, I did retire, um, and it was in 2014 when I had my four years stop. That's when I stopped. Yeah, I, when I you stopped. Okay. Yeah. It's as if all the pressure and everything, you know, with work and things. And I just took a step, you know, I had bad experiences with drinking. Although I didn't drink much, it had a huge impact on my mental health. And yeah, so um, I then stopped drinking for four years. And what happened is my personal life didn't go as I expected. And that was the trigger to start again in 2018. And then it was various periods of stopping, starting, stopping, starting. Um, and health problems make it so much easier to quit now because I can't cope with alcohol. The liver obviously deteriorates as you get older, doesn't it? Mm. So I, I just couldn't do it. So um, that's that's the main thing that's driven me on this time, to just feel well instead yeah. of struggling, feeling ill all the time or with such a small amount of alcohol in my system. What, yeah. what about menopause? I'll ask Maggie. Did that ever sort of affect you? I mean, I speak to lots of people in, in my coaching who were, I think, in the 40s and 50s. It's sort of the changes. Helen's just alluded a bit to it there, just the physical changes that your mm. body goes through and that intolerance of alcohol. But menopause, I know, is a time that people really find their relationship with alcohol goes haywire for various reasons has that been a factor for you at all um no i don't think it has i mean i had an early surgical menopause because i had to have a total hysterectomy when i was 49 so they then put me on hrt so my hormones didn't basically go into free fall um for two years and then i stopped i stopped taking it after two years and i was absolutely i've been absolutely fine i just haven't I've, I've sort of said I've been one of these really lucky people that's just sailed through it. Um, I didn't find it. I mean, at the time, I was still drinking quite a lot, and I didn't drink any more. I didn't drink any less because of because of menopause. It was just I don't. To, to be honest, I didn't really notice it. I was I was just one of these very lucky, lucky. people. Yeah, that is lucky. I know it is a bit of a. It's the kind of insomnia, the anxiety. I think those things that creep up in menopause are so much. You know, maybe we're so much worse by drinking, aren't they? But that's good as you weren't affected in that way. But what about the the sort of cohort um, of people over 50? Sort of the fact that they grew up in that era of the 80s, the 90s, you were sort of a part, a big part of that culture of, of feminism, of women having financial independence, of it being more normalised for women to drink. Going out. Okay, going out, drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did that affect you? Has that been part of your experience? Not at all for me. It's not all, it's the same as the menopause, not at all. I suffered hugely with periods during period time. So I had a hysterectomy for PMT, which doesn't happen very often to people. So then I was on it. I'm still on HRT now. I won't come off it. So I, I didn't have any of that. So I was hugely struggling through that time. Um, I, was, I was older, obviously, in the 80s. I had children then. And struggling through trying to stop drinking, but still going, going out and drinking, drinking at home because it was more common to drink at home then, wasn't it? In the eight before that, no one really drank at home, did they? No, unless you went to the pub, you didn't get, you didn't drink at home. No, and I can remember going to the um, the 
beer off we used to call it you know the the off say like the the off license that oh. sold beer with my dad when I was little to yeah. go to get his beer in like a plastic carryout yeah and that was like before supermarkets were where most people bought their alcohol that was something that happened in the kind of 80s wasn't it before that and before then you used to go to the pub and take it home because yeah carry out a little snug in the pub mm-hmm. and you go in there and take yeah. it out so the whole supermarket explosion of selling wine and wine being targeted at women and and cheaply and, and, cheaply and definitely becoming more of the sort of staple you know where you see people people supermarket trolleys just with oh. Full of wine. I mean, that's something do you think that that you kind of fell into in, in at that time as a, oh, a mother. Hugely, yeah, hugely, absolutely. I, I would say embraced it thoroughly. <laughs> and I, well, that was my other. That was my next oh, question. Did you, did you ever think there was anything wrong with it? Did it ever occur, occur to you at the time that it was not good for you? Not until I'd say my children were a bit. Old, um, yeah, maybe early nineties more. Yeah. More what about you, Maggie? Did you? I mean, can you remember sort of the eighties, nineties, sort of becoming more? Was it sort of more normalised? Do you remember buying wine from supermarkets and it just being more like a staple shopping item? Um, to be honest, I think it was a staple shopping <laughs> item. From uh, well, well, from the seventies because I mean I was uh, I went to I went to university in the seventies and that was when my drinking really really took off because it was it was normal to drink you know and all, and it was all the boring people who didn't drink I mean you know if you were if you were going to be exciting if you were going to be cool you know it was all parties and it, and it was all and it was all drinking um, but. I think the um, yeah, and it was and it was going to the going, going to the office as we used to call it, rather than rather than going to the supermarket. But um, I don't think I bought any any more. I probably bought different things because I think I, I used to. I probably bought more expensive stuff in the eighties and nineties because I was working, so I had a bit more money than I did when I was a student. Um, you know, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the Concord or the the Concord white wine that we used to buy. Um, you know, it was it was something a little bit better, but not a lot. Um, yeah, so it it it, it did make it, it did make. It what about better. your awareness, Maggie? Well, we, well, we we're just talking about that sort of the the way that wine kind of crept in and became much more of a commonplace sort of item that people bought. Have you noticed a difference in terms of your awareness of the health harms of alcohol as we are now in twenty twenty two compared to let's say. 1990 do you feel oh. as if the landscape's changed are people more aware of alcohol totally, totally changed totally changed um because i mean it was funny because i remember in the um yeah it was in the 70s i remember taking amphetamines for the first time and thinking, you know this this is this is wonderful but hang on it's a bit too nice i could actually really get to like this i better not have any more um because i knew it was something that was bad for me but I've never ever thought that way about alcohol. Um, it's it, it's really only it's probably really only since I started feeling some of the ill effects. Probably when I got into my probably when I got into my forties, um, you know, I started feeling you know the hunger the hangovers get worse as you get older. Um, I think your tolerance for it sort of goes down a bit. The hangovers get worse. 
um, you know, and you just generally slow down a bit. Um, the anxiety was ramped up. I get IBS and I also alcohol helped my IBS until I stopped drinking, but uh, that's another, another issue. Um, but um, yeah, I think the awareness about it now is completely, completely different because, you know, it, it's actually discussed a little, well, a little bit more openly. It's not discussed as openly as it should be. It's still not open. not regarded as an addictive drug, is it? In the same, no. I mean, you mentioned amphetamines there in the 1970s. Socially acceptable, isn't it? Totally. Yeah, we don't, we still don't, even with all our knowledge as saberistas and, you know, it's still quite difficult to get your head around thinking of alcohol in the same way for a lot of people as, as illegal I, drugs, isn't it? I think a lot of it matters how you were brought up as well. If you were brought up in a family where there's always drink, you know, my mum was a drinker at home and that makes a huge difference, although it was in a shameful way, it was in a shameful way, but dad always went to the pub. So that when I was 15, I always went to the pub. And that's the way it was. And then as you were talking about the 80s, when you did your shopping and you had your own household, it's like, oh, look at me, I can drink, get wine. And it was glamorised, wasn't it? Do you remember? It was like, oh, look at me, posh, having a glass of wine in my fish and chips or whatever. You know, my Sunday lunch, I'm having a glass of wine, look at me. It was seen as very Mediterranean, very cosmopolitan. Very and before kind of you know it, you're legless. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not good and the tv's got an awful lot to answer for because nobody if you notice on telly how often do you see someone with a raging hangover throwing up you don't see it then they're all grand they're all oh i'm going to work i'm doing this i'm doing that it's not real you don't see them with the with the weight gain or the bad skin or the you know none of those they're always very glamorous aren't they all these people knocking no one's got eyes like peels in the snow have they you know it's like it doesn't happen (laughs) no absolutely not it's uh like you say it's got a lot to answer for so maggie i'll just ask you this this question now to advice for anybody listening who's who's let's say 50 or over they've been drinking since the teens this is a massive part of their life have you got some advice for people who are considering stopping drinking Ooh, i think the first is it's not, i think the first thing is it's not too late um because i think i stopped i i, I think i didn't stop for quite a while because i thought what well, is it really worth it? I mean, I, I mean, you know, how much longer am I going to go on for? Um, is, is it actually worth it at this stage? Um, and I think also our, you know, we've, we're older, you know, certainly I've been drinking for about 45 years, for, no, probably more than that, more than 45 years. Um, I've done quite a bit of damage to myself, I think. Um, so the extent to which I'm going to recover physically, mentally, spiritually is, you know, I'm not going to, it's not going to be like a miraculous transformation. You know, I'm not going to look like Sharon Stone. Um, I'm not going to be able to run marathons. Um, so it's about having, I think, having realistic expectations of how good things are going to get. Um, you know, being satisfied with things being a bit better. I mean, like I've always suffered with IBS and my IBS is hugely better since I stopped drinking. It's not gone away and it'll probably never go away. But I'm just really, really grateful that it's better than it was, um, which is which is really, really positive. And has it been, apart from the IBS improvement, is it worth it? Has it been worth it? What have you gained from stopping drinking? Oh, 
Well, I'm now 64. Um, and for the first time in my life, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I haven't got all that shame because of just so much shame I was dragging around from my drinking. Oh, God, if people knew what I was like, I don't know. And it was, yeah, and, and I suppose that was, that's another thing about people, um, you know, sort of advice to people is, um, you know, I, I, I spent quite a while thinking, God, you've wasted all this time drinking, think about all the money all those years, all those opportunities, and you can go down, 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 down into a big spiral. Um, but at some stage, you've got to say, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, you've, got, you've got to sort of forgive yourself and say, well, look, that's what I did at the time. That's what I thought, you know, was the thing to do at the time. I know better now, so I'm doing better now. So inner um, peace, self-esteem. Yeah, health benefits that you obviously feel mm, a lot fitter in your, yeah. yeah so definitely being worth it by the sound oh very definitely very and definitely. you're not far off Sharon Stone I have to say you're looking good good complexion <laughs> nice hair bright eyes <laughs> and Helen what about you what's oh, what, oh, I would say what's been the gains do it do it do it well you sleep like a baby absolutely okay the first week is tough it's all tough but nothing that's worth doing is easy that's life that's life get over it mm. own it you know you sleep better you wake up refreshed there's no that dreading oh what did I do what was it like would I really show myself up you look in the mirror and you say I'm all right me I'm okay mm. I'm doing this Doesn't, we all have off days don't expect every day to be amazing it's never going to be because that's life too that's life and live now for now today the mindfulness thing it's huge it's huge mm. absolutely huge because you can't project you can't second guess the future you can't change the past live for now and lucy i just want to read one thing and i think i got it off the soberista's website but i'm not sure but just listen to this it says, forgive yourself for the many ways you hurt yourself when all you were trying to do was survive. Now, I think that's amazing. And if we can all just take a bit of that, you know, give, give ourselves a hug. Absolutely. And the, the self-forgiveness is, is massive, isn't it? We can, you know, I know I, I went through years of, of sort of torturing myself for all the terrible things I've done. And it's so important that we just let go of that. And like you say, just focus on, here and now and what your you know the amazing progress you're making the amazing life mm. you are living now because you've made this fantastic decision and there are you know very very for lots and lots of reasons I think it can be harder much harder to stop drinking once you're over the age of 50 it's a really ingrained habit you're of that mm. generation where it was you know really normalized and probably most of your peers are quite heavy drinkers you know I think most of the people I know in the sort of 50s and 60s who still drink are, are drinkers you know it's not something that they do intermittently they drink so it's for lots of reasons it's a it's a toughie but you are both fantastic examples of having done it at that age and not looking back for a second no intention of no at the moment no. and I can only say for today that's all you can do but that, that's yeah. the mindset. That's so the mindset. my last my last question for both of you, let's go to you, Maggie. Where what helped you? Could you just try and sort of briefly summarize how did you stop at the at, at, after the age of 50? We'll not pinpoint the age exactly. Let's say 
how old well not how how did you manage to stop what what are your sort of top tips for somebody else of your age trying to make that choice uh what really helped me was actually joining the site and the connection joining that 100 day thread because that gave me the commitment and the accountability um because I, I, you know, I tried before and I get to 30 days or I get to 50 days and I think I can do it. I didn't have that much of a problem. You know, I should stop 30 days and I'll carry on. But that 100 days was really, really good because once I got to 100 days, it was, oh, it's a no brainer. Just not going to drink again. I feel so much better that, you know, there's no question of me, of me ever wanting to drink again. You know, I will just, I will just carry on. But yeah, it's it, it's the connection. Um, what's what else has been really useful is the playing it forward. Um, you know, in both ways. You know, if I have a drink tonight, you know, playing it forward. Well, you know, I'll just end up wasting the entire evening. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll feel like crap. You know, and I'll, I'll you know, lurch through the day. I won't get down the allotment and do all the things I really want to do. Um, Whereas if I'm sober, you know, I'll have a nice early night, I'll read my book, I'll sleep properly. Um, you know, it's, it's thinking through the consequences. That pause where you actually think through the consequences. Certainly in the early days, I used to just sit myself down in the chair, make myself a cup of tea, sit the cat on my knee and just sit there and have my cup of tea. And by the time I sort of just sat there, I calmed down and just thought it through. 20 minutes the, cra- the craving the craving had um, had passed yeah and for me the never quit never question the decision has helped me because the decision that I have made is that my life would be infinitely better without alcohol and that to me is beyond question so I don't question that because Brilliant. I know that's true yeah well that's really good great advice there and Helen what about you would you well, anything you could advise somebody yeah, well, for me, I read your book, first of all, in 2015. Oh. Yes. You remember that? The very first book? It's been relaunched. Oh, well, well I, I did it when it first came out. Well, you know, it, the reason it's been launched, you won't be able to, I don't know if you believe this, is 10 years ago it was first published. So it's been relaunched in 2023 for its 10th anniversary. Fantastic. So that was the book that got you started. It, it Honestly, it was. It was. And then there was the six-week plan ahead thing. Yeah. Yes, because I'm a book person, you know, I like a, a book. So um, I also, I didn't join the site, but I always looked at it, you know, when you're not a member, always, always. And this time I thought, I've got to do something different. That's why I'm actually a member now. I've got to do this. And I feel different because even though I'm, I'm not a counter like the 100 days, but I know everyone's there and it's fantastic because if I'm feeling like, crap one night I just think oh god come on log on and I log on and I feel inspiration from that and it really helps it re- honestly and it's there it doesn't leave you because you know if you if you've been you know just a bit off you've got that support mm-hmm. and it's monumental really the support and the accountability I think as well isn't it yep. knowing you've got other people mm-hmm. who are going through the same thing yeah someone's gonna you know just cheer yeah. you yeah. on do it you can do it you know and another thing ladies 
gentlemen, eat well, look after yourself. You know, you won't mm. function properly as a person if you don't nourish your body. It's a big deal. And when mm. you're drinking, clearly you don't. You know, <laughs> you, you pour all sorts of rubbish down your neck, but eat properly and nourish yourself. You Brilliant. Know? Well, great advice there from both of you. And you both look amazing and are very inspirational. So thank you so much for joining tonight and sharing your pills of wisdom with our listeners it's really good to see you both and um and thanks everybody for listening we'll be back soon with another soberistas podcast